0: The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison & Steffen, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Mark Farner's career in music spans more than 50 years and he has sold more than 30 million records worldwide, including 16 gold and platinum albums. He was the co-founder, lead singer, lead guitarist, and wrote most of the hits for Grand Funk Railroad. They burst onto the scene in the late 60s before a whole bunch of hit songs like We're an American Band, I'm Your Captain, Bad Time, Some Kind of Wonderful, and many more, as I've got the great Mark farner on the line right now from his home in michigan
1: hey jim tofty
0: hey mark i think the last time i talked to you it was in person you guys were doing uh, june fest at the south point hotel probably 15 years ago now
1: yeah man proud to be sucking air how about you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i hear you buddy tell me about this great project that you're involved with now called farner Chords. it sounds pretty great
1: Of uh, a guy sent me a friend of mine from San Diego sent me a video and he says, Hey, Farner, is this really how you play Sin's a Good Man's Brother? And I watched the video and it's wrong, it's just, just flat ass wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. And I said, Got back to him and I said, Look, uh, the first three chords are wrong. And and I, you know, at that point, I said, You know what, I'm gonna have to. Um, do this myself. I'll, I'll just put my phone out in front of me and do this. And then I, I said, no, nah, that's, that's going to suck. Brother down here in, in Detroit, Jimmy Romeo, uh, he's a great cinematographer. And uh, I said, would you be interested in doing something? You know, and I told him the story. He said, yeah, man. He says, I think that's a great idea, especially because you're going to give it to him free. And that's what I, I think, you know, people will get it. And they'll replay it and replay it because it's, it does cost nothing to learn it the right way. And I think that love, that, that where it's coming from, is going to inspire those people who learn it the right way to play it the right way in front of their audiences or whoever it is. Their mother in the living room on the flat-top guitar, I don't care. But they're going to be playing my songs the right way. And that is all the payment I need, you know?
0: That's really great, and you know, because there are so many people now who just go online and they play the cover of a song. I can just imagine how you sit there and you go, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. mean,
1: exactly.
0: So, markfarner dot com is that where people can find the the instructional series?
1: Yep, Farner right. chords is at markfarner dot com and. All my merchandise that I have on markfarner.com is made in the USA. I've never sold anything that's foreign-made, uh, no foreign-made stuff on my site, and I'm trying to show people how to support our country. If we want a great country, we got to support
0: it. Uh, Mark, I think you first came on my radar, at least, at the Atlanta Pop Festival in 1969, I believe, Gosh, it was actually yeah. a month before Woodstock. Did anyone know who you guys were when you got up on stage?
1: No, they had no clue. And the guy who announced us, brother, he announced us as Grand Frank Railway.
0: <laughs> Grand Frank. I
1: I don't know if he had had too much to smoke or whatever. <laughs> but he didn't get it right in 3 days, brother Jim. He he had 3 times to announce us uh we went on of course we played for free we went on at noon opening day we went on at 7 p.m. the second day and we went on 11 p.m. with the lights and the whole thing
0: right. on the third
1: day and that's uh you know people took us home with them they they liked this band from Flint, Michigan, this old garage band.
0: Were you guys too young to realize the enormity of that moment? Because what, were you like 19, 20?
1: Yep, Mel was 19, and Don and I were both 20. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that you said it, uh, you hit the nail right on the head there, Brother Jim Tofte.
0: It's,
1: <laughs> uh, it's too much for a mind that young to get a hold of right away. But Did... after a few years of it, it started to grow on us.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and everyone else. Did you get a chance to see any of the other performers? Because, oh my God, Led Zeppelin, Chicago was there. Dave Brubeck, I mean, it was quite a diverse lineup.
1: Yes, and and we did. We got to, to watch and listen. Um, you know, the stage was probably 12 feet up, and until... I got on the stage. The only thing I could do was walk over and look between the cracks in the fence and see the first few rows. But when I got up on that stage and it was a sea of people as far as you could see, I mean there was people and uh, that has stayed with me as I'm telling you about it. Brother, I'm getting goosebumps.
0: Yeah, and I mean, as your momentum picks up, too, you guys famously played to a sold-out Shea Stadium. Was the sound system improved since the Beatles played there?
1: Yes, and matter of fact, uh, Jim Facker, our brother here from Michigan, he put together a custom audio electronics, put a great big PA system in there, yeah. and we gave them rock and roll the way it should have been given. And Humble Pie opened for us. I mean, that was like their debut nice. show in the United States. So it was uh, very, it, it was monumental. And, uh, we, you know, it still rings with a lot of people. And they bring me their tickets to sign, brother.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I loved your song, Bad Time, which certainly came from real-life experience. And I remember yeah. it being on the radio. I, think, I just remember 1975, that song and Dwight Twilley's I'm on Fire. Those two songs just ruled the radio at that point.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of that is attributable to the fact that there, the 777 rule was still in effect. And you could only own 7 a.m., 7 FM, 7 television stations. It was in the hands of the people. And at that time, as you recall, brother, you could call in and request a song. Everybody was calling in and requesting Bad Time. I got a BMI award uh, for that, having been played more than any other song in 1975. Even though it didn't go to number one, it got played more than the one that did.
0: Yeah, just a wonderful song. It reminds me too of your experience working with uh, some very notable producers. What was it like to work with Todd Rundgren, for instance? Rundgren
1: was a blast. He, you know, it just comes off of him like a—it's his natural gift. It's a—you know—he it, it, he is um, so relaxed. He, you know, we're in there pouring out the, our best effort, where our energy is to not make any mistakes, because the the red light is on, and he's in there, he's got his feet kicked up on the console, he's got (laughs) a book in his hand, and he's reading as we are, you know, (laughs) it
0: it was just so
1: easy for him, but he is a musical genius, I love the guy. You know, he's he's had a, a great uh, influence on a lot of people.
0: Same with Frank Zappa, who was another guy who produced you guys. I imagine that was quite a scene. And, and I think he came to Michigan to produce you guys, right?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, when he first came into the studio, we opened the door and Craig Frost, they were playing tag or something, and uh, Craig Frost had got a hold of Brewer's leg and he, and he pulled it up, and he farted right on his thigh. And it just as Zappa's walking in the door of the hallway, he looks, he says, well, I'm in the
0: right place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that, like it's something Frank hadn't seen before, that's for sure. The thing I... That's right. Mark, the thing I like about you so much, and I can attest to it, I've seen it, it firsthand, that you will spend a long, long time greeting fans and shaking hands after shows. It's always been important to you, hasn't it?
1: Yes, it has. It's just, uh, you know, uh, what a small thing to do to make somebody's day and to to uh, give them something, you know, that they really... Desired and and uh, there's there's no charge for it. It's it's free, just like foreign courts
0: Speaking of which, how was it that "I'm Your Captain Closer to Home" became such a huge anthem for Vietnam vets?
1: Well, because I've done a lot of veterans uh, things, and I continue I have some more to do this year. But uh, they, you know, in Vietnam, uh, they they hung on to that song because it talked about and it and it illuminated that desire within them to make it back home. And, you know, as I have done these shows, and, and we did the, the show uh, for the veterans for the monument, the 25th anniversary of the monument of the Vietnam Wall in D.C., a lot of these guys were, would tell me, and as they're crying, telling me, you know, thank you for that song because you got me home. You, you actually got me back here I hung on to the hope that was in that song. And I think, you know, because I prayed for it, I asked God, you know, I say my prayers every night and every, uh, you know, when I get done at the end of saying it, I always put a PS, you know, God bless mom, dad, all these, I bless everybody in the family. And and, the, and then I put a, a PS on that, God, please give me a song that would reach and touch the hearts of those you want to get to. And that's where that song came from, because I got up in the middle of the night and wrote that thing without really becoming conscious. I stayed in a state of mind that was halfway between heaven and earth, and that's where that song came from. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize it until the following morning when I got up to grab my guitar out of the... Uh, the corner of the kitchen, and I'm sitting there, ba-bomp, 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 I said, wow, that's pretty cool. I'd never heard anything like that. Then I play the the C chord inversion that I made on that song, and when I did that, immediately my mind went to the words that were in the bedroom. I ran in there, got them, brought them out on, put them on the kitchen table, hit the record button on my cassette deck, and I recorded I just started playing a song. I recorded the whole thing right then. Bam! Took it in and uh, the guys loved it and uh, we made a song of it.
0: Uh, One of many songs that has brought us all joy over the years. Mark Farner's American Band continues its tour of the US and visit markfarner.com for all the dates and other details. Mark, continued great luck. I I really enjoyed this.
1: Thanks a lot, Brother Jim. And for all the listeners, God bless y'all. If I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the past year.
0: Bye for now. It always amazes me to hear a great songwriter talk about how he comes up with his ideas for songs, especially when it came to I'm Your Captain Closer to Home. It was really from a dream state that Mark continued into the next day and it turned into one of their greatest songs. See Mark live if you can, because his band is outstanding. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show podcast. I'm Jim Tofte. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.